0: Next Sunday is Easter. What does it make this Sunday? Palm, Sunday? Palm Sunday. And as John's been going through Mark, the last time he preached, it was actually a you know Jesus riding into Jerusalem. This is the Palm Sunday that we celebrate. Everyone loves that message. I loved it ever since I was a kid, right? Um, what comes after that? I don't like as much. And so John left that one for me. And what I'm going to try to do today is connect with what John was talking about with Palm Sunday and what Clem was talking last week. Now, maybe all of you weren't here for that. He was talking about seasons, which is why I call this a new season. I'm going to try to do a mashup of the two And you can decide how well this mashup worked. Because especially when, you know, Clem gave a very powerful message. You know, it's true for our lives. It is also true for this body. And I don't want to forget about it. You know, sometimes we hear something great and then Monday morning comes and poof, it's gone out of my head. Uh, So let's just dive in the word. This is going to be from Mark 11. Twelve through 19. This is right after Jesus rode into uh, Jerusalem. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began to look for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. And we're just going to stop there, and then you know, we'll pick up what happens You know, on that next day after Easter. So you have to stick around for that one. Um, So I'm calling this the Temple and the Fig Tree. Um, Is is this what you were expecting Jesus to do? We have this the king riding into Jerusalem, and what does he do the next day? Um, mm, This is not what I expected. The, the Jesus I see in my head is not the one who goes clearing out the, the temple like it's some kind of like action movie, you know, cursing trees. It's like, I'm not sure this is the Jesus, certainly not the Jesus I expected. And so, you know, how, how do we make sense of this? Is this judgment? Um, is this how a king should behave? You know, the last one, hungry. That, that was just for me because when I get hungry, I get grumpy. And Jesus was human too, maybe because he was hungry. He was in a bad mood. You know, that's not the case. but um, and, and these are hard words. You know, thanks, John, for giving me this one. And so we, we have to be careful with this because if you hear these words, den of robbers, cleanse the temple of God, bear fruit or be cursed, I don't know about you, but that doesn't make me very comfortable. And depending on your background and your experiences with the church and Christianity, you'd be squirming in your seats. But this is not a message of judgment today. Um, next slide. So how do we make sense of this? And this is where I want to tie in with what Clem was talking about next week. Um, And he talked about seasons. And this, you know, kairos, which is the Greek word, it was uh, this preordained, finite period of time. God knows when it begins. God knows when it ends. When we're in it, we don't know when things are going to end. And all these things happen according to God's plan, right? He was not surprised by this. And it happens for a reason. And Clem was talking that to us about not only the season we're in now, but anticipating in a prophetic way where we are going. And this idea of seasons, you know, it applies all throughout. Uh, there are seasons in our life, uh, in the church, in the world. I've got up the little, I was it? when you talk about the real seasons as we come to spring, I didn't know what would be better, the Easter bunny or the basketball hoop, it depends where your mind goes. And similarly, there is a season for judgment. And when we read words, it's like, the king is a judge. There will be a judgment. But that season is not today. And that season was not that day in Jesus' ministry. So let's look at Jesus' ministry. I want to look at two seasons. First, his previous season. You know, as John's been taking us through Mark, Jesus has been going around all kinds of places. And, you know, some of these things, as they hop in the boat, they cross over, Jesus does one little thing, and then it's like, it's time to turn around. You know, people start gathering around him, and what does he do? Let's, let's go away to some desolate place. Let's go away to the mountain. And even when... People like Peter said, You know, I know that you're the Messiah. And what were the words? What? Don't tell anyone. Sometimes, even with the healings, it was like, It's great you're healed. Don't tell anyone. But that was all in alignment with the season, because it was not the season for Jesus as Messiah to be revealed. Was he still the king? Absolutely. But that season, he was acting in a way according to that season. And in every step along the way, you know, going here and there and everywhere, that was still acting in the spirit, acting within the season. And sometimes I feel that way in my life. There's the seasons where, you know, cross the water, cross back over. Haven't we been here before? It seems like it's directionless. It was not directionless for Jesus. It might not be directionless for us. Uh, It's part of a season. And that happened with Jesus as well. And now on this Palm Sunday, we're coming into a new season. Um, The new season, we've got the palm trees. We already had that. He's Jerusalem, even though he left town for the night. And it's leading to the cross, this act the king doing something very surprising for all of us. And, you know, this is the time that he's revealing himself to be the king. Always the king. There was this season. It was hidden. You know, he wasn't trying to make a big deal of it. But even though he was still teaching and healing and doing all that those God things. So we have these two seasons to his ministry. And recognizing that's a change of season, even if it's only like for a week, right? There's a lot that happened between Palm Sunday, Easter and the resurrection. Just like there's plenty left to go in Mark. This is a very intense week for Jesus and his disciples. But this idea of this season says something about This gives us the context for understanding what he did in the temple and the fig tree. So, if we look at the seasons of Jesus' ministry, um, God moves differently in different seasons, but he's still moving. And it always has authority, power, and purpose. You know, yeah, Jesus demonstrated authority before, and now he's doing it in a way uh, that really ticked off the Pharisees. Uh, authority throughout he still had power throughout, still had purpose, um, but part of this is we 've got to interpret seasons correctly that what Jesus is doing is actually pointing to the next season, and this always points back to him and and that is the context you know for understanding things because um, he was trying to prepare. Uh, even when coming into Jerusalem, going back a couple weeks, you know, Jesus said very clearly, here's what this next season's going to look like, right? We're going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm, they're going to kill me, and I'm going to raise from the dead. He, he tried to get them ready for the next season, even though they weren't. And the same thing is true in this season. What Jesus did with the temple and the fig tree is trying to get them ready for the next season. So let's see what this season looks like. This is in two parts. First, is the the temple, um, and there's a lot we could talk about in these verses. You know, with the time we have, kind of kind of narrowing it down to one thing. Um, in clearing the temple, you know there were. If you look at how the temple was structured, what's going on here is in the outer court. So we And what's important about the outer court? This was the only place that the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, could gather to worship God. You know, they weren't allowed any closer than that. And so in this place where the Gentiles could gather, what was going on? It was a marketplace, and you say, "Well, you know, that was they had to sacrifice animals, right? You know, where are you going to sell the doves? Where are you going to sell these things? You, know, I, you know, the sacrifice wasn't bad, but it is bad if it excluded people from worshiping God. And not only that, and I think it was only Mark that said this, that they had made this outer court a crossroad." So it wasn't just they were selling things that people would go to the temple and have what they need. That they were actually using this as a shortcut to go from point A to B. You know, this is not what God intended. You know, Jesus called them out. Um, but the key piece of this when we talk about seasons is the quote that Jesus said, my house will be called... A house of prayer for all nations. And so this is the linking with, you know, what about in the outer court that made, uh, that got Jesus worked up? All along he was intending this for all people to come to him. It started first with the Jews. And this vision, even from the Old Testament, was for all nations. And by Jesus doing this, he's announcing this new covenant to come. That's like everyone in the world, no matter where they are, from what nation, can come and worship me. And viewed in that way, um, this is actually uh, exciting because God is revealing what is coming next. And we see that coming, you know, Acts and the rest of the New Testament, it was announced right here. In a way that I don't think they were expecting. So that was clearing the temple. We also had the thing on the fig tree. Um, and the word, if you remember this, you know, Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree in leaf, And it didn't have any fruit. And, you know, I don't know much about fig trees. So fortunately, they said, oh, there shouldn't have been any fruit on it at all. Because it was the wrong season for figs. And the word for seasons is that same one that goes back to what Clem was preaching on last last Sunday on the Kairos. You shouldn't expect any figs. Jesus knew it. His disciples knew it. Yet he still was looking for fruit and didn't find it. And then cursed the tree because it didn't have any fruit. I and mean, you know, doesn't this just like strike you as odd? It struck the disciples as odd. And we'll see that. When we see what happens to the fig tree. Um, it's like, how, how can we make sense of this? Um, and what I say... You know, here, this will make sense in the context of where I go in Galatians, but what this is really about in this idea of seasons is Jesus getting rid of an old covenant that could not bear fruit. That the law, for all it was worth, could not bear fruit. And that this is actually being replaced with this new covenant of faith in Jesus. You'll see that again when John picks this up because the whole next piece in Mark is about faith. And so this cursing of the tree that could not bear fruit and Jesus leading into faith is pointing to this, that if you want fruit, where does it come from? It comes from faith in Jesus. And let's look at not Colossians, Galatians. On uh, uh, next slide, uh, chapter three, uh, verses ten to thirteen. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, "Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law." Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung from a tree. And so this verse, in context of what we were just talking about, the the fig tree is us. And the law, from observing the law, no matter how hard you try, it will not bear any fruit. The, and there's actually a curse on that. Because there's no way it could bear fruit, that the only way that the fruit can come is by faith. And so this is actually a very encouraging text, although you know, the first time you read it, this might not seem like it's very encouraging. And furthermore, you know, Jesus was the one who took on the curse, the curse of the law that none of us could meet. He took it on because curses everyone who is hung from a tree. So this is very symbolic of what he is doing for us, what we could not do for ourselves. So where do we go with this? Trying to wrap things up. This idea of seasons that Clem was talking about, there's a lot of different ways we could take it. Um, and we can reflect on today and the season we're in. But with this passage today, I wanted to think about the season to come. Just like Jesus' ministry was in a new season, there's going to be a new season for us as well. I'm not just talking you know, after COVID, although it would be nice for that season to end. Talking about there's seasons to the church. There's seasons to us as a body here. What might the next season be? You know, you know, Clem was saying some things last week. And the answer is, I don't quite know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, but it is a good thing to anticipate it. It's a good thing to talk. What might this next season look like? Where is God moving? How is he going to move you want to be ready for it. And next step after anticipating is, as we head into this new season, we got to make sure we interpret it correctly. You know, the, the disciples were always confused by what Jesus was doing, right? They didn't understand. It's like, why aren't you announcing yourself as the Messiah? It was, it was the wrong time. He's doing things here, clearing out the temple, cursing the fig tree. They don't get that either. Uh, So as we head into this new season where God may move differently among us, we have to be careful that we interpret it correctly. Um, Because just because God moved one way before, he may not move the same way again. It's still the same God, right? Same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But he's also full of surprises. And the the important thing is when God moves, we need to stay in sync with him. How God moves, even if we don't quite know what that is today, we need to move with him. As long as we do that and keep on our faith in Christ, it's going to bear fruit. There is no curse, there is blessing. Jesus, we love you. you. When we hear your words, they're not always easy. Lord, I don't always understand it, but here you are as the triumphant king, and you're telling us something important. Lord, may we anticipate how you're moving amongst us, Lord, may we understand clearly what you're doing. Um, Thank you for being a blessing to us for taking on this curse. Uh, And it's in your mighty name we pray all these things. Amen.